lecture in this course. I'm really excited to teach this because Algebra 2, for some crazy reason, gives a lot of students problems. But you're not going to have any problems because we're going to learn every single concept in this class by solving problems. That's the easiest way to learn anything in math. And I firmly believe that, and that's how we're going to do this class. Now, what we're going to do in this lesson, this lesson is called uh, Simplifying Expressions That Involve Sums and Differences. Basically, in the beginning of this set of lessons, we're going to do some review of the main Algebra 1 topics. Um, but what we're mainly going to do is launch directly into the Algebra uh, 2 topics pretty soon here. But I just want to get some fundamentals out of the way first to make sure we're all on the same page. The only reason any students, in my experience, uh, feel like Algebra 2 is more difficult is because their Algebra 1 skills are not really where they should be. Because if your Algebra 1 skills, if they're where they need to be, then the problems will just kind of naturally kind of move along and you'll, you'll get the hang of it. But if you don't know how to add negative numbers or do fractions or whatever, then Algebra 2 is going to seem really hard, even when it's not hard. So what we're going to do here in the beginning is we're going to do some basic order of operations and we'll review some equations, and then we're going to launch right on into the Algebra 2 topics. Now, I will say, the only thing that I really expect you to remember from Algebra 1, to be 100% honest, is what a graph is. We talked about graphing in Algebra 1. I also expect you to remember how to add and subtract negative positive numbers and how to multiply them, although we're going to review that here. And also how to solve basic equations, simple little equations. Everything else we're basically going to, to review and expand on and then launch into the more difficult concepts. And honestly, they're not more difficult. They just require more steps, that's all. So for the first thing we're going to do here is, again, we're going to start simplifying expressions. Um, so in order to do that, we need to all make sure we're familiar with order of operations. Order of operations has this reputation as being hard, and it's not hard. Basically, you have just a few things to remember. The most important thing that you always do first is parentheses. That's the first thing you always do. And if you have multiple parentheses, you always work on the inside first. So in, to, out. So you start in the innermost parentheses, and you work your way out from there. That's the number one thing. And then, beyond that, the next priority thing you have to do is exponents. So if you have any two squares or five squares or whatever, you've got to do those next. Then, you multiply and divide. And when you do multiplication and division, you do it left to right. If there's multiple things in one line, you just work like reading a sentence. Left to right. All right, and after you've done all that stuff, if there's anything left, it's only going to be addition and subtraction. So the very dead last things you do is you add and you subtract. And again, if you have multiple additions or subtractions, you're just going to go left to right like reading a book. Left to right. All right, left to right. <clears throat> And we're going to get tons of practice with this. But just so we're all on the same page, you have, to you have to go parentheses, exponents, multiply, divide, left and right, add, subtract, left and right. That's basically all there is to it. We're going to get a lot of practice as we go. Now, the big thing that gets a lot of people is a lot of people don't remember, a lot of students don't remember how to add and subtract. When I mean add and subtract, I mean with negative numbers, with integers, right? That's where it gets difficult. Everybody can add and subtract. With integers, it gets tough sometimes. So <clears throat> really quickly, I'm going to write down some rules for adding those, and then we're going to have to work a ton of problems. So for adding, we have the following kind of rules. I'm going to do it in my little shorthand way. When you're at a positive number and you add it to another positive number, like 3 plus 4, you always get a positive number. Everybody knows that. So you add a positive to a positive, you always get a positive. 
Okay. When you add a negative to another negative number, that means on the number line you're already negative and then you kind of add more negative to it and you end up with something that's always a negative number. So positive, positive gives you positive. When you add them, negative plus negative always gives you a negative there. Okay? But the problem comes when you try to do something like add a positive to a negative number, like 3 plus a negative 5. Or if you have a negative and you're adding a positive number to it, like negative 7 plus 4, then it's difficult sometimes to remember what the sign is going to be. The sign basically can be either one. The sign might be positive or it might be negative. So when you have mixed signs like this, all you have to do is you subtract the numbers, ignoring the signs. First you subtract the numbers, and then the sign of the answer uh, uh, is the same as larger absolute value. In other words, if I'm adding 3 plus a negative 7, I'm just going to subtract the 7 minus the 3, and the sign is going to go with the, be negative because 7 had a larger absolute value, basically. And no matter what you're adding to each other, if you have mixed signs, the answer could be either sign. So you just subtract the numbers, and the sign is going to be the same as whichever one is the larger absolute value. We're going to see a ton of examples of that here in just a second, so don't stress out if we're not going to get to it just yet. And then the, or here in the beginning. Now the other thing is, um, if you have something like 2 minus 3, subtraction, regular old subtraction, it can always be written as 2 plus negative 3. In other words, if you see adding a negative, it's exactly the same thing as subtraction. You should remember that from Algebra 1. And then the last thing I want to write down in my little big time review is if you're subtracting a negative number where you have like two negative signs right next to each other, they kind of cancel out and make it a positive. So it's 2 plus 3. This is all of the big high-level review I want to write down, but we're going to get lots of practice with all of this as we solve problems. So let's go over here to the board and do that right now. So let's say our first problem, and again, these are simplifying expressions with addition and subtraction. What if I have 32 minus 53? Well, Remember, minus means plus a negative, so I have mixed signs of things I'm adding together. So all I do is I subtract the numbers. 53 minus 32 is 21. But the sign that the answer takes just goes which, with whichever one has the bigger absolute value, which is uh, this one. This one's the bigger absolute value, so it's negative 21. So this is the answer. When I put a little bracket around it, it just means it's the answer. I, instead of circling it, that's all it basically means. All right? What if we had... Um, negative 23 plus 57. Again, it's mixed signs. So I don't have to do any thinking. I just subtract the numbers. 57 minus 23 is 34. And the sign of the answer goes with whichever one has the larger absolute value. In this case, 57 is larger. So the answer is positive. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to think about number lines or anything, anything like that. So when you have negative, uh, mixed signs, you just subtract and, you, and the sign of the answer takes the sign of the bigger number. What if I had negative 15 minus negative 40? What's going to be there? So now I have to do my order of operations a little bit. I have this guy, but this is basically sitting out of the parentheses. I have a double negative here, which if you remember means it's going to be negative 15 plus 40 because the double negative gets essentially multiplied together. Negative times negative gives you positive. And... Um, and so I have this guy. Now I'm adding these together. So what's going to happen here is I have mixed signs. 
and mixed signs, that means I subtract. What is 40 minus 15? It's going to be 25. And the sign of the answer goes with the sign of the bigger absolute value, which is positive. That's positive 25. All right. We're just going to do tons and tons and tons of problems. I encourage you to pause and kind of work them yourself. That's fine, too. Negative 10.2 plus 17.6. I'm adding two things together with a mixed sign. All I do in that case is I subtract them. What is 17 minus 6 minus 10.2? I'm going to get 7.4. But since it's mixed, the sign of the answer takes the sign of the bigger absolute value, which means it's positive 7.4. Moving right along, negative 9.6 minus 13.4. Again, uh, here's a little different. I have a, a negative um, minus a number, which is like a negative plus. You could write this, if you want to see it clearly, it's negative 9.6. You could write this as plus a negative 13.4 if you want to, if you need to see it that way. Negative plus negative. Remember we said negative plus negative always gives you negative. So either you can think of it like this, or you can just say, well, I have something and I'm subtracting something further from it that's going to go further negative. In any case, the answer is always going to be negative in that case. And I add these numbers together, which will give me 23. So again, positive plus positive always gives me positive. Negative plus negative, when I add two negatives, I add the numbers together, and the answer is negative. So all I did was add these numbers together to get to 23. The answer is negative because it's negative times negative. Now we have quite a few more problems to, to do. Just to give you, this is more mostly a warm-up, you know, because you've already done Algebra 1, you already should know this. If you're looking at this and you're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't understand this negative stuff. I don't know why he's adding it. Why is he choosing the sign like this? then it just means that your skills from Algebra 1 probably aren't where they need to be. Go back to my Algebra 1 class because I break all this stuff up into multiple lessons to give you tons of extra practice. This is more of a warm-up to get your brain thinking and to get us all on the same page. All right, next one. <clears throat> what if I have, let me switch colors, 57 minus 13 uh, minus 46. So here's the deal where we have to do order of operations. See, here we have a bunch of addition and subtraction. Actually, it's all subtraction. We don't have any parentheses. We don't have any exponents. We don't have any multiplying or dividing. But we have adding and subtracting. So we do it left to right, just like, just like reading a book. So what we do is we say, what is 57 minus 13? Well, that's a straight subtraction. 57 minus 13 is 44. But I still have my minus 46 there. I haven't done anything with that yet. So what I'll do down here, what is 44 minus 46? So I just subtract the numbers, because you can write this as plus a negative 46 if you want to think of it that way. So you subtract the numbers, that's going to give you 2. 46 minus 44 is 2. The sign goes with the larger absolute value, so it's going to be negative 2. Just like that. All right. Next thing we're going to do, we're just going to get a little bit um, longer, essentially. They're not going to really get harder, they're just going to have more steps. So what about 68 plus a negative 42 um, plus a negative 35 um, plus 17? Again, I have a bunch of addition and subtraction, so I'm just going to work left to right. Now, you do have parentheses here. That's true. But the parentheses here, they don't really have any operation inside of them. There's nothing to do, so you're already done. If there were some addition inside the parentheses, then we would have to do it first. But since there's just a number in there, the only reason the parentheses is there is to separate this minus from this plus. So we're done with the parentheses part. Now we just go to the adding and subtract, and we work left to right. 
What is 68 plus a negative 42? We have mixed signs, so we subtract them. 68 minus 42 is going to be 26, and the sign takes the sign of the larger absolute value, so it's positive. But then we still have plus or minus 35 plus 17. So all we did was add these. The rest of it just comes along for the ride. Next, we do these guys. We have mixed signs, so we subtract. 35 minus 26 is 9. The sign here is going to go with the larger absolute value, giving you negative 9. The plus 17 comes along for the ride. Then you're adding two things that have mixed signs. Again, you subtract them. What's 17 minus 9? You get 8. And the sign goes with the larger absolute value, which is positive, so it's positive 8. That's the final answer. So, again, left to right, I encourage you, to do the first edition, carry the rest of the problem, then the next edition, carry the rest of the problem, and so on, so that you can see exactly, you know, what you were doing. There's never any guessing as to what, you know, you were thinking. All right, we just have a few more. What if we have 5 minus 2 minus 9 minus 4 minus 11? So now we have to go back to order of operations. The first thing we do is parentheses. We do what's inside of that first, then the exponent, then multiplying, then adding. So inside of this parentheses, we know we have to do that first. We have some subtraction here. So what we're going to do is we're going to say this is going to be 5. We can't do anything with the 5 yet. We have to work on what's inside of here. What is 2 minus 9? Same as 2 plus a negative 9. So you're going to subtract. 9 minus 2 is 7. So let's open up our parentheses and, and answer this question. 2 minus 9 is 7, but it takes the sign of the larger absolute value, so it's going to be negative 7. So we leave it inside of parentheses to deal with it later. Then we have a minus sign from here. What is 4 minus 11? Again, we just do the subtraction. 11 minus 4 is, again, uh, 7. But in this case, we take the larger absolute value. 11 is a larger absolute value than 4, so it's actually going to be negative 7 inside of there. Notice how I did that. I kept the minus signs outside. I left the parentheses in place because now in the next step, what is 5 minus a minus 7? Well, you change this into plus, so you have plus 7 here. And then you also change this into a plus because this is a minus a minus 7, so it's plus 7. So now you just have regular old addition of positive numbers. Um, 5 plus 7 is 12. And then you still have the plus 7. And then the 12 plus 7 is going to give you 19. Very important to do every step separately, though. Inside of here, we get that answer. Inside of here, we get that answer. Then we multiply in and make it positive. Then we multiply in and make it positive. Uh, and that way, we keep everything separate. And everybody knows what, what everybody was doing. No guessing. All right, we only have two more of these guys, but we're going to introduce an absolute value of 6 minus 13 minus absolute value of 22 minus a negative 6. Now, you should treat absolute values kind of like parentheses, actually. So they're grouping. It's grouped together. It has a function, of course. You know what the absolute value already is, but it, it acts like a parenthesis. So we go inside of here and we say, well, we're going to do this, and then we're going to have to work on what's inside of this also. So here we have what is 6 minus 13. We subtract them as usual. 13 minus 6 is 7. Sign goes with the larger absolute value, so it's negative. Then minus, what do we have here? We have 22 minus a negative 6. We're just going to write it as 22 plus 6 in the next step. We're not going to, the biggest mistake I see a lot of students do is they try to make it a plus and then they do the addition in one step. I don't want to see that. I want to see this change into a plus. Then you have, we'll deal with that absolute value later, negative 7. Inside of here, let's handle what's inside, because remember, it's like parentheses. You do what's inside of there first. 22 plus 6, 
28. Then they're like parentheses. What is the absolute value of negative 7? You just take away the sign, make it a positive 7. This minus sign is on the outside, so he doesn't do anything. Absolute value of 28 is, again, 28. 7 minus 28. You have subtraction, so you subtract. 28 minus 7 is 21. And the sign goes with the larger absolute value, so it's actually negative 21. So when you see parentheses, you do those first. If you see absolute values, you're going to have to do that before you know, anything else, just like it was a parenthesis. Last problem, what if we have negative 4 plus 7 minus 10 minus, I'm going to introduce a bracket here, negative 6 minus negative 8. Now here we have a nested set of parentheses. So brackets, you know, sometimes it gets confusing. You have too many parentheses, so we change the outer ones into a bracket. It's the same kind of thing. You just have to work inner to outer. But since we have two sets of parentheses, it's perfectly fine to work on them in parallel, which is what we're going to do. We're going to deal with this one first. What we have inside of here is addition and subtraction, so we go left and right, left to right inside the parentheses. So we keep the parentheses here. What is negative 4 plus 7? Well, it's adding mixed, so we're going to subtract. 7 minus 4 is 3. The sign goes with the larger absolute value, which makes it positive. We still have the minus 10 there. We take that for the next, the next go-around for the next step. Inside of here, what can we do inside of here? It's negative 6 minus a negative 8. We have the double negatives here. That has to happen first. It would be plus 8. All right? Then we go again. We say, okay, I have parentheses here, and I can work on these in parallel. So inside of here, what is 3 minus 10? Well, it's subtraction. So I subtract. 10 minus 3 is 7. The sign goes with the larger absolute value, so it's actually negative 7. Minus. And inside of here, again, I have mixed signs I'm adding together, so I have to subtract them. 8 minus 6 is 2. The sign goes with the larger absolute value, making it positive 2. So there you go. Then I have all these brackets and parentheses, but they serve no purpose anymore because I've done everything. So it's really negative 7 minus 2. And so what I have here is a negative plus another negative, or you can, however you want to think about it in your mind, when you have a, a negative and you subtract further, it's going to give, end up giving you negative 9. But another way to think about it is negative plus negative you add the numbers and the sign is negative, so 7 plus 2 is 9, and then you add that guy giving you negative 9. That's the final answer. So this was just a quick lesson to get our brain warmed up and thinking about Algebra 2. In the beginning of these set of lessons, we're going to be reviewing a lot of material that you've already seen before. But I want to make sure that you're on the same page that I am, especially if you've never taken a class with me before, to make sure that we understand each other and you know how I like to work and how I like to organize my work. You notice that I show every step here, not just for you, but that's how I do it. When I do a more complicated problem, like just for, for whatever I'm working on for my own self, I always show these steps. Because no matter how good you are at math, you're always going to make a mistake. Always. And that's why in my notes I've got my work checked and I'm always checking against myself because I can make mistakes too. But you minimize your chance for mistakes if you show everything and I can see exactly what you were doing. So make sure you understand this. Solve all of these yourself. Follow me on to the next lesson. We'll get some more practice with this and then we'll continue marching through the topics in Algebra 2, teaching and learning every single concept by working problems.
Hello, welcome back to Algebra 2. We're continuing to work on simplifying expressions that involve addition and subtraction. We're just getting more problems, practice with problems, slightly more complex, but really it's all the same thing. Also, I've erased the order of operations and all of that from the board because we're growing up a little bit now and we need to start committing that to memory, so I'm not going to be referencing it, but you will get the hang of it by solving lots of problems. So let's just dive right into the first uh, question. Uh, 4 times p minus 2q. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, even though I said this is involving uh, simplifying expressions involving addition and subtraction, I don't mean that there will never be any multiplication. I just mean that most of these problems are going to be focusing on the adding and subtracting aspect. Later on, we'll do some review problems that focus more on the multiplication and division. So you can see here that you have something inside the parentheses. You would normally work on that first as for the order of operations. However, these are unlike terms. You have a P term uh, and a Q term. So I can't really subtract them. I can't do anything with that. But what I do have is a 4 in the outside, which I can distribute the 4 in. 4 times P is 4P. The minus sign comes along for the ride. 4 times 2 is 8. And you have 8Q. So another way to think of it is 4 times P is 4P. 4 times negative 2, remember positive times negative, gives you negative 8. And then the Q comes along for the ride. So you get 4P minus 8Q. You can't add these any further because they have different variables. They're unlike terms. All right. <clears throat> what if we had 1 half uh, 2A minus 4B plus 6 on the inside there? So again, I would like to try to simplify everything inside of this, but they're all different. A, B, and then this doesn't even have a variable, so they're all unlike. So all I really can do is distribute the one-half into each one of these things. And if you're afraid of fractions, I'm going to have to tell you now that you're going to need to get comfortable with it. So go back to my Algebra 1 or even to my pre-algebra and review fractions. Because if you don't know how to multiply fractions or simplify fractions or divide fractions, then algebra seems hard when it isn't hard. But you do have to know fractions. So... We're going to multiply this one-half in. So what we're going to get when we do that is we're going to have, uh, the way I want you to write it is don't do everything at once. Write it as one-half times 2a. You might say, why am I doing that? Well, it's because I want to see what you're doing. Then it's one-half times this. So it's going to be minus one-half uh, times 4b. Then I'm going to have a plus sign from here, one-half times 6. I know that you know that one-half times 6 is 3, but I want to see it as one-half times 6. Why do I want to see it like that? Because I know what you did. I don't see any simplification. I know what you were doing, and I can see that it makes sense. Now, here you have a 2. Remember, when you have the, uh, everything's multiplied together, and so when you have a number on the top or a term on the top the same as it is on the bottom, they can divide away. 2 divided by 2 is 1, so they strike out and they divide from each other, or they divide out. You have a similar thing here. You have a 4 and a 2, so... 2 divided by 2 is 1, 4 divided by 2 is 2, so I can kind of like strike that out and put a 2 up there. 2 divided by 2 is 1, two div uh, 6 divided by 2 is 3. So I can simplify it by kind of striking through like that. And then what I'll get for the uh, answer, see, once this is all done, the 2's are gone, the 1 is times A, so you just have A for the first term. The minus sign is still here, but when you did the strike through, you still had a 2, and you still had a B. And then everything's gone here except for the 3. So you have 3. So this is just literally simplifying terms. We've covered that in Algebra 1 over and over and over again. You should be comfortable with simplifying terms. This is mostly a review. So again, if you see something like this and you're like, I have no idea why he strike through the top and the bottom. That doesn't make any sense. Then it just means that you've forgotten some stuff from Algebra 1. So go back to Algebra 1. Go to simplifying expressions. And we'll do tons of cancellation.
Welcome back to this lesson in algebra. We're going to be now working on simplifying expressions that involve multiplication. So we're going to be multiplying things. We'll have fractions involved. We'll have some variables involved. And we'll just be simplifying the expressions using the rules that we already know about how to multiply things. And just to review and make sure that you're on the same page with me, the general rules of multiplication go like this. If you're multiplying a positive number times a positive number, this is the kind of things we're you know, always multiply all the time when we first learn multiplications, then you will always get a positive number. That makes sense, right? This is the simple example of, for instance, 3 times 4, right? It's a positive 3 and a positive 4, so the answer you get is a positive, and you all know the answer is 12. Now, whenever you're doing a multiplication of a negative term or number times a negative term or a number, then you always get the exact same thing out. You always get, again, a positive answer. So the example, the simple example here would be like negative 2 uh, times negative 3. Since it's negative times negative, you always get a positive out from that. And so the answer is 2 times 3 is 6, and the final answer is actually positive. So positive times positive always give you positive. Negative times negative also gives you a positive. Now we have to look at what happens. So the way to remember it easily is if the, if the signs of the two things you're multiplying are the same, either both positive or both negative, then the answer you get is always positive. That's the easy way to remember multiplication. Also, the same rules apply to division. We'll talk about division in the next lesson or so. Uh, but anyway, when you have the, the same signs, you get positive answers. Uh, but then what happens when we have different signs? Let's say you have either a positive number times a negative number or a negative timer, uh, number or term times a positive number or term. Well, the answer that you get there for either one of these is basically going to be a negative quantity. So if the signs are the same, no matter what they are, you get positive answers. If the signs are different, when you multiply, you get a negative uh, term. So, for instance, if you have 7 uh, times negative 2, since it's positive times negative, it's going to be 14, but it's going to be a negative 14 because you'll always get a negative answer at the end. And another example of this guy, very simply, if you had negative 5 times positive 2, the signs are different here. And so you're going to get 5 times 2 is 10, but it'll be negative 10. So I'm just kind of reviewing these rules. The essential idea is if the two signs that you're multiplying by are either both positive or both negative, you will always get positive answers. And if the signs that you're, things that you're multiplying are different, either positive times negative or negative times positive, but if they don't match, you will always get negatives. So it's actually much, much easier to multiply things together. Also, these same rules are going to apply to division. Uh, it's easier to do multiplication and division than it actually is to add them. Because when you add them, you have to figure out which one has the larger absolute value and all of that. When you're multiplying, it's very simple. So now that we have a good review under our belts, let's apply it to a little more complicated type of things, and uh, including order of operations. So let's say you have 5 uh, times negative 2 times negative 7 times negative 3. So what do we do? We try to do everything inside the parentheses first, but all we have is numbers, so uh, there's nothing to do. And then we don't have any exponents, we don't have any uh, addition or subtraction. All we have is multiplication, so we do it left to right. So what we do in the next step is we do the first two, but here it's 5 times 2 is 10, but they're different signs, like here, so it's going to be negative 10. And then we have still to multiply by the remaining items on our list. 
Now in the next step, we again go left to right and we multiply these two together. 10 times 7 is 70, but since it's negative times negative, we're going to get a positive 70. And then that's going to be multiplied again by negative 3. And then finally, 70 times negative 3, it's different signs, which goes under this rule, so you get a negative, and 7 times 3 is 21, so it'll be 210. So negative 210. Very important to do this in steps. You see, a lot of students will just start multiplying, 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 and then just figure out the sign at the end. It's actually much easier to make a mistake doing it that way. What I always say is when you have a big, long thing to multiply by, just go in order and write another step. Go in order, write another step, because you'll make less, less chance, uh, less possibility for errors. All right? Let's go ahead and uh, do another one. We'll be working in a couple of fractions uh, here sometimes. Let's say we have 9 times negative 1 7th times 1 3rd times negative 28. Now, I'm assuming that we all know how to deal with fractions, but I'll, I'll walk you through it as we, as we go here as well. What we have is the same kind of deal, though. We're multiplying things, so we just go left to right. So we only have to focus on the 9 times the 1 7th. So when you have a number times a fraction or a fraction times a fraction, all you do is you multiply the tops of the fractions, the numerators, and then separately you multiply the denominators. So multiplying fractions is, is much easier than adding fractions, actually. So don't forget this 9 is really 9 over 1. So the way you handle it is the numerators will be 9 times 1, uh, but you have a negative sign there, so it would be 9 times negative 1, so you're going to get a negative 9 on top. But on the bottom of this 9, there's an invisible 1. 1 times 7 is 7. 9 times 1 is 9, and then on the bottom, 1 times 7 is 7, so if you cover up the, the negative sign, that you get the fractional part, but then you have a positive times a negative, which gives you a negative. It doesn't matter where you put this negative. You can put it on the top next to the 9, you can put it on the bottom next to the 7, you can even write it out in front of the fraction. As long as you have a negative sign somewhere there, then you know that that fraction is negative. So there you have negative 9 sevenths. And then what you're going to have over here is you have to still multiply by the one-third, and then you still have to multiply by the negative 28, which we'll do in the next set of steps. Now, there's a couple ways you can do the next multiplication. I mean, you can say 9 times 1, which is the numerators multiplied, and then 7 times 3, the denominators multiplied, and then simplify that. That's fine. But if you remember, we learned in algebra that when you're multiplying things, if you have some um, term on the top and term on the bottom where I can find a common factor, then I can actually simplify it before doing the multiplication. So there's, there's really more than one way to do every problem. <clears throat> we can either multiply everything and then simplify the answer, or we can try to simplify first and then do the multiplication. In this case, I notice, <clears throat> since I have a, a 3 and a 9, and they're on the top and bottom of the fraction, 3 divided by 3 is 1, so I will strike it out because it's just going to be visible 1 there, and 9 divided by 3 is 3. So I haven't done any magic here. All I've done is I've said, basically, I can divide the top and bottom of all of this stuff by the same number, and I'm going to choose to divide the bottom by 3, which gives me 1, and divide the 9 by 3, which gives me 3. The negative sign, all that stuff is still in place. So now what I have is negative 3 times 1, which gives me negative 3. And on the bottom, 7 times, uh-oh, I struck through a 3. What does that mean? Well, there's an invisible 1 here. 7 times 1 is 7. All right, and I still have to multiply by negative 28. All right, but this negative 20 is really 28 over 1, right? So what I really have, if you really want to look at it, you, again, there's a couple ways you could do it. I can multiply the 3 times the 28 and the 7 times the 1, 
and then simplify the fraction. But now I just happen to notice I have a 7 and a 28, and I can divide both of those things by something common. 7 divided by 7 is 1, so I'll go ahead and write the 1 there. You can leave it, uh, can leave it alone and not do that if you want. And 28 divided by 7 is 4. Negative sign's still there. I haven't taken anything away. I'm just canceling by dividing by common terms. So what I will have here, negative 3 times 4 is negative 12, because negative times, po I'm sorry, positive 12, because negative times negative is positive, 3 times 4 is 12. On the bottom I have 1 times 1, which is 1, and so the answer I'm going to get is 12. And that's the final answer, positive 12. So we're, we're just simply getting practice multiplying things, keeping track of the signs, negative times negative is positive, and so on. But at the same time, getting practice with canceling terms on top and bottom and some fractions, and later we'll get into variables and things like that. But all of the rules are the same as far as the negative and positive numbers go, as far as the multiplication rules. All right, so let's say we have, um, let's say we have 0 0.5 times negative 6 times negative 4 times negative 0 0.2. The same exact rules apply. It's just we have some decimals here, so we work on the first two first. What is 0.5 times 6? It's going to be 3, but it's positive times negative, which means it's got to be a negative answer. We still have to multiply by the negative 4 and the negative 0.2. Now we work on this guy here. 3 times 4 is 12, but it's negative times negative, which means positive 12. And then uh, we have to continue multiplying by 0.2 right here. And then our final multiplication, 2 times, I'm sorry, 12 times 0.2, if you multiply that out, you're going to get 2.4, but it'll be negative 2.4 because positive times negative gives you negative, right? So the answer is 2.4. All right, now, up till now, it's all been numbers, it's all been fractions, now we're going to do the same kind of deal, exactly the same kind of work, except we'll introduce some variables in play. So let's say, for instance, you have 2 times negative 5x uh, times negative 6y. Now, just because there's an x here and just because there's a y here, uh, it, it shouldn't change anything. I mean, x and y just represent numbers. We, they're variables. We don't know what they are. It's something in this particular problem. We can't figure out what they are, but they just represent numbers. So the same rules of multiplication apply. So what we're going to have is we multiply the first term, these guys, and when you multiply, you multiply the numbers, and the variable is just going to come along for the ride because he's multiplied as well, but we have 2 times 5 is 10, but it'll be negative 10 because negative times positive always gives you negative, and the x comes along for the ride because he's still multiplied times negative 6y. So we just multiply the first term, and we get this, but now we have a negative times a negative. So this means that we're going to get a positive answer. So we're going to get a positive answer, and then 10 times 6 is 60, and x times y is xy. So you see, we don't know what x is, and we don't know what y is, so we have to kind of carry them along, because we can multiply the numbers, we can do that, but x is still multiplied by everything, just like it is in the answer, and y is still multiplied by everything, just like it is in the answer. So the bottom line is, is you multiply the numbers that you, that you can, and the variables just kind of come along, because we don't know what they are, but we know that we're still multiplying by them, and the signs work exactly the same way. Negative time negative is positive uh, in this case. What if we had negative uh, a times negative 2b times negative 3c, right? 
Same kind of thing. Term times term times term. So we just work on the first terms first. And we say, okay, negative times negative is positive. So I know it's going to be positive. And what is it going to be? Well, the only number here is 1 times 2. So it'll be 2 times A times B. I can't do anything with the variables. They stay together, multiplied together. Negative times negative gives you positive. And I still have to multiply by the negative 3C. So in the next step, it'll be 2 times 3 is 6, but it'll be negative because negative times positive is negative. And then the A is still multiplied, the B is still multiplied, and the C now from this is still multiplied altogether. So you get negative 6 uh, ABC, and that's the final answer. All right. What if we had, um, let's change colors a little bit. Let's say we had, uh, in parentheses, let's say we had negative 6 minus 4 like this, and then let's say we had negative 6 plus 5. What do we do with this? So we have to go and use order of operations, so in all the other problems there was nothing inside that we could do, but here we can do something inside of here, and here we can do something inside of here. So inside of these parentheses, what do we have? Negative 6 minus 4, we've done that kind of stuff before. So negative uh, plus a negative or negative minus something is the same exact thing. You're going to get negative 10 here. Because 6 plus 4 is 10, and then because it's a negative and you're subtracting, or you can think of it as negative plus a negative quantity, means you're always going to get a negative number. You add the absolute values and you take the negative sign there, so you get negative 10. And then here, you have the same sort of thing. You're adding opposite signs, so basically you subtract them. 6 minus 5 is 1, and the sign goes with the larger absolute value, which is the negative 6. All right. So now what you have is two numbers multiplied. Negative times negative is positive, and of course, 10 times 1 is 10. So you get positive 10 is the final answer. If you're confused at all on how we add these negative numbers or subtract them, then go back to the lessons that we've done many, many times on how to add and subtract negative numbers and positive numbers and get practice with that. All right, last problem. What if we have uh, 12 times negative 1 raised to the 7th power times negative 2 raised to the 3 power. How do we handle that? So the problem is, we do have multiplication of terms, but we also have exponents going on. And if you remember back from order of operations, we do parentheses first, and then right under that is basically exponents that we work on next. So we have to take care of the exponent here and also separately the exponent there before we can do any of the multiplication, which comes down later. So then you have to ask yourself, what is negative 1 to the 7th power? Well, if you think about it, uh, negative 1 to the 7th power is, what is it? It's negative 1 times itself 7 times. I'm trying to write this as fast as I can. Negative 1, negative 1, negative 1. How many do I have? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I need one more time. So you see what's going to happen. The 1s are multiplied, so you get a 1, but then it depends on how many of them as to what the sign is going to be. So if we multiply the first two, that's going to give you a positive 1 times negative 1 will make it negative, then times negative, that'll make it positive, times negative, that'll make it negative, times negative, that'll make it positive, times negative, uh, that'll make it negative again. So it's going to be a negative 1 is the answer, okay? Because for each one of these multiplied together, another way, there's lots of ways to do this, actually. These two guys, when you think about it, are going to give you positive 1, right? 
And these two guys multiplied together are going to give you also positive 1. And these two guys are going to multiply together. That's going to give you a positive 1. So what you really have is positive 1 times positive 1 times positive 1 from these. But then you have times negative 1. That's why the final answer makes it negative. Every time you multiply again and again and again, it flips the sign. Positive, negative, positive, negative. It's like rolling the dice and we end up landing on the negative. So we end up with a negative 1. When you have an odd power like this, 7 is an odd number, you will get a negative answer. Now let's compare that with the other guy here, negative 2 uh, raised to the 3 power. What is that going to be equal to? Negative 2 times negative 2 times negative 2, right? So here you have 2 times 2 is 4, but really this is going to be a positive 4 because it's uh, negative times negative is positive. So then when you take the positive 4 times this, you'll get a negative 8 because the signs are different. So this is actually negative 8. So all of that is basically to say the actual problem statement really boils down to what? It boils down to 12 times the negative 1 to the 7th power, but we now know that that's just negative 1, times the negative 2 to the 3rd power, but we now know that that's just negative 8. So now you have a problem that you can just do. 12 times negative 1 will give you negative 12, because positive times negative is negative. And then you still have to multiply by negative 8. And so for the final answer, 12 times 8 is 96. Negative times negative is positive, so it's positive 96. So that's the final answer here. We're just getting some, some practice with multiplying, uh, with simplifying uh, expressions that involve multiplication of negative and positive numbers. So we're just going to do some more problems in the next section. What I want you to do is make sure that you can solve all of these yourself. So you get a sheet of paper, you watch this again, you solve all of these yourself, make sure you're getting the right answer. Follow me on to the next lesson. We'll get some more practice with it right now. Hello, welcome back. We're just continuing with simplifying expressions that involve multiplication of negative and positive terms. Uh, in algebra. And so now what we're going to do is just continue increasing the complexity just a little bit uh, to get there. Now what if we have negative 1 to the third power multiplied by negative 2 minus 2 inside of parentheses multiplied by negative 6 multiplied by negative 4. So we have to use order of operations along with our rules of multiplication. So first thing we have to do is work inside of parentheses first because that's the very first thing we do. We notice we can't do anything inside of these, but here we actually can do that subtraction. So let's do that first. Negative 1 to the third. We're not going to touch that yet. And then inside of here, what do we have? Negative 2 minus 2. And you know from your rules of adding, subtracting integers, you basically add these to get 4, and it's going to give you negative 4, right? And then you have negative 6, and then you have negative 4, like this. Now we just have multiplications to do, but before we can do that, we have an exponent. The next thing to do is exponent. So what this is, is negative 1 times negative 1 times negative 1. So you should be able to convince yourself that if you have negative 1 times negative 1, that'll give you a positive 1. But then times 1 more negative 1, that'll give you a negative 1. So what we have here is actually negative 1, again, times the rest of these terms. All right. Now we just do straight multiplication, but we want to do it step by step. Negative 1 times 4 is 4, positive 4, because negative times negative is positive. Then we have 4 times 6, which is 24, but it's going to be negative 24 because we have different signs here. And then we have 24 times 4. It'll be a positive 96. Why? Because negative times negative gives you positive, and so we have the answer of 96.
Let's switch colors. Let's go crazy here and use brown. What if we have negative 2 times 1 minus 2x minus 3x squared? What do we do first? So first you, you say, well, I need to go inside the parentheses and do what I can there. And so I have nothing I can do in here. I look inside of here and I try to do something. But you realize that these terms are all different. Because in order to add terms in algebra, the x's, the variables, have to match exactly. They have to have the same letter and they have to have the same exponent. So like when you're adding pencils, you, you know, when you're adding things together, you have to be adding the same kind of thing. If you're going to add pencils together, then you need to have a box of pencils. You really can't add pencils plus turtles. I mean, I guess you could, but you really want to be adding the same kind of thing. But see, this is different. This is an x squared term, this is an x term, and this has no x at all. So they're different. So you really can't do anything. You can't actually simplify this any more than it already is. So the only other thing you can do is you can distribute the negative 2 in to each of these terms. So literally you'll multiply it here, then you'll multiply it by here, and then you multiply it here into each of the terms. So let's do that. Negative 2 times positive 1 is going to give you a negative 2 because negative times positive is negative. But then you have negative 2 times negative 2x. So you have negative times negative. That gives you positive. 2 times 2 is 4, and the x comes along for the ride because he's still being multiplied. So 2 times 2 is 4. You have the 4x. Negative times negative is positive. Then negative times the negative from the 3x, that's going to give you a positive. 2 times 3 is 6. And the x squared is still multiplied there. So when I said that you can only do things when the terms are the same, I meant what I mean is you can only add or subtract them when the terms are the same. When multiplying, of course you can still multiply. It can be different terms. What you do is you just write it as multiplication. So 2 times 3 is 6, and then you're still multiplying 2 times the x squared. Uh, so the x Hello, welcome back. We're just going to continue evaluating and simplifying uh, algebraic expressions that involve multiplication of negative and positive terms. Uh, nothing crazy or different about this. So it's just slightly more complicated expressions to get more practice. So what if we have t times 2 times w minus 9 minus 2 times 2t plus 7? All right, and we want to simplify this, obviously. So we look inside the parentheses. These are different terms. We can't do anything. We look inside the parentheses. These are different terms. Can't do anything. So what we're going to do is we're going to distribute the t in, and then we'll distribute the negative 2 in. We'll blow it all out, and then we'll see if we have any like terms that we can then condense and simplify here. So the next thing that we do is we say, what is t times 2w? They're both positive, so you have 2 times tw. Can't really do any multiplication here, so you just write it out. What is t times negative 9? Well, negative times positive is negative, and you have the 9 times the t. You can't do much else there, so you just leave it as a multiplication. Then you look at this term. Negative 2 times positive gives you negative. 2 times 2 is 4 times t. That comes from that term, so you're done there. Negative 2 times the 7 is going to be negative times positive is negative 14. So now you look at these terms, and you say, well, can I simplify anything? I look for tw terms. I have to have something times tw together as two variables to add, and I don't have anything. So the final answer is just going to have 2 times tw here. But then I notice I have two terms with a t in there, and I can add those together. So I have negative 9 minus 4. Uh, so you're going to get negative 9 plus 4 is 13 times t, of course. And then the negative 14, you can't add or subtract anything. There's no like terms with that. So this is actually the final answer for that. 
So you see the, comp the expression looks much, much more complicated, but there's actually not too much more you know, math involved. All right, now the next uh, question, what we want you to do, is I want you to evaluate uh, using the following things. For, for part A, we're going to say that x is equal to 1. For part B, we're going to say that x is equal to 3. And for part C, we're going to say that x is equal to 2. And the expression that I want to evaluate, with, depending on a, part A, B, or C, for part A is going to be the following. Or I should say, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's say the expression that we're going to evaluate is going to be x times x minus 2 times x minus 4. So literally, there's three problems here. Part A, part B, part C. For each one, we're just going to put a different value in. You can see it's not really anything different than we've been doing, but let's check it out. For part A, we have x. x is now equal to 1. So we'll put a 1 here. x is 1. And then here, x is 1. So now we... Hello, welcome back to Algebra. Now we're going to be getting practice simplifying expressions that involve division of terms. So we'll have signs to deal with. We're also going to have to get a whole lot more comp uh, comfortable with fractions um, because we did for some fractions earlier, but when you're dividing terms in algebra, I mean, it's all fractions. So we're going to be working in some fraction stuff as well. Before we get to that point, let's review the signs that we're going to be using uh, to, to, to multiply or, to, or I should say to divide terms in algebra. Now, I'm going to say again, as I did in the end of the last section, the, the, the rules that we're going to use here are going to be exactly the same as what we learned for multiplication. So it's basically everything that you already know, but I'm going to write it down anyway just to make sure. If we're dividing a positive number by a positive number, what you're going to get is always a positive number. So for instance, a positive 12 divided by a positive 3 gives you a positive 4. You all know that, right? But, again, if you have a negative sign divided by a negative sign, just like as if it were multiplication, you'd expect to get a negative answer, I'm sorry, a positive answer, and that's what you get with division. Negative 10 divided by negative 5 is going to give you, that gives you 2, but it's going to be a positive 2. So these rules are exactly for multiplication. Multiply positive times positive, get positive. Negative times negative, also get positive. So it's the exact same thing for when you're applying it to a division here. When you have the same signs, if they're both positive or both negative, and you're dividing them, then you always get positive answers. All right, now let's switch it up a little bit and say, well, what if you have a positive numerator and a negative denominator? or a negative numerator and a positive denominator. In both of these cases, you always get a negative answer, right? So just to give you a couple of examples, what about 6 divided by negative 2? So you see how there are different signs. You get negative 3. And what if you get negative 8 divided by positive 2, where the negative's on the top? You get the exact same thing. It's a negative number, 4, like this. So the rule of thumb is when multiplying terms or when dividing terms, if the signs are the same, either both positive or both negative, you always get positive answers. If the signs are different, you always get negative answers. So as I said before, it's actually much easier to multiply and divide terms than it actually is to add them. Because you don't have to think about which one's bigger, you just follow the rules. So let's go on and, and work through some easier problems and working our way on into the more uh, difficult, but it's going to be following the same sort of deal. What if we have 64 divided by negative 4, and we'll divide that again by negative 2. So same sort of thing. We look inside the parentheses, and we see we can't really do anything with those. 
so we leave it alone. We look for multiplying and dividing, and of course we see the divisions. And when you do division or multiplication, you go left to right, just like with multiplication. So we're first going to only focus on the first two, and we'll save the third one for a later step. So what we have is 64 divided by negative 4. So we have positive divided by negative. The answer, because of the rules above, they're different signs, you're going to get a negative. What's 64 divided by 4? It's going to be 16. So that takes care of this, but then we're still dividing by the negative 2. So in the next step, we'll take the 16 divided by the 2, but now it's negative divided by negative, which means that you're always going to get a positive. 16 divided by 2 is 8. So you see, it's exactly the same rules as before. We're just doing divisions instead of multiplications. And we'll just increase the problem complexity just a little bit with each, uh, with each time here. What if we have negative 6 divided by... Now here's where people start to get confused for no reason really, but this is where it happens a lot when you have fractions involved. So here's negative one-third, and here you have negative one. So this is just, uh, you got to realize that this fraction really is division wrapped up in itself, kind of. But we're just going to treat it as a thing, we call it a fraction. We have a negative divided by a negative, so you automatically know you're going to get a positive answer. And the way you really should handle this is... Uh, when you have division of anything involving a fraction, you need to change it into multiplication, and then you flip the second guy over. So that's that's a rule that we learned way back with when fractions, you know. When you multiply fractions, you just multiply the tops, multiply the bottoms. But when you divide fractions, and in this case, you, this is a fraction too, because it's 6 over 1. Any any number is a fraction, just that divided by itself is divided by 1. So you have a fraction divided by a fraction. You change the division to multiplication, and you take the second fraction, the one you're dividing by, and you flip it over. So every division problem of fractions always becomes multiplication, and you already know how to multiply fractions. So the way we're going to do that is we're going to make it negative 6, and we're going to change this, literally change it to multiplication, but then this needs to be flipped over, so it'll be negative 3 over 1. I literally take them and flip them upside down. I've still got to divide by negative 1. I haven't done any of that stuff yet. But now this is multiplied, and this is very simple now because to multiply fractions, we multiply the tops and we multiply the bottom. So it's 6 times, or I should say negative 6 times, take the negative to be on the top, negative 6 times negative 3 is positive 18. And then you have the 1 and the 1 on the bottom multiplied to give you 1. So the answer that you get from this should be positive because negative times negative should give you positive. 6 times 3 is 18, 1 times 1 is 1. Now you're still dividing by negative 1. So again, you got to do the same thing again. You can do it however you like, but uh, you could, well, you already know how to divide by, I guess you could do it either way. I'll probably show you both ways. But if you just do a division by, if this were just a positive 1, you know anything divided by itself, this is 18 divided by 1, so it would just be 18. But since it's positive divided by negative, it's going to be negative 18. So that's going to be the final answer. Another way to do it, it's really kind of not worth doing, but you could do it like this. You could say 18 divided by 1, or 18 over 1. Change this to multiplication. Then you have to take this and flip it over, but what is this? This is negative 1 over 1. So you flip it over, it's going to be um, negative 1 over 1. I mean, basically it's the same thing when you flip it upside down. You multiply this, uh, what you're going to get is negative 18 times 1, 18, 1 times 1 is 1, negative 18, right? Because Negative times positive gives you negative. 18 times 1, 1 times 1, and then you get the negative 18, same as here. So it's kind of not really worth doing when you're dividing by 1, because we all know how to divide by 1. We, it's just the number itself, right? But it, for any other fraction division, 
change it to multiplication, flip the other fraction over to get the answer. All right, what do we have? Let's say we have the problem 8 times negative 18. And then on the bottom of the fraction, we have 3 times negative 12. Now, this is where the, this and as we start going into the more of the problems, uh, a lot of students get confused because when you have very large fractions of things on the top of the numerator, with the numerator, and the very large terms on the bottom, sometimes it gets confusing as to what you do. But that's what we're going to work on a lot of problems so you don't have that confusion anymore. There's a lot of ways to do this. You could take 8 times 18. That would be a, well, negative 18. That would be a big number on the top. And you could take 3 times a negative 12 and get negative 36 on the bottom. But then you'd have a big number on the top and a big number on the bottom, and then you would have to simplify the fraction. You'd divide by something and you'd make it as simple as you could. You could totally do that. There's no problem. But it's easier if you see a way that you can simplify it ahead of time to chop all the numbers down to smaller pieces in the beginning by dividing by common terms then their final answer is already going to be simple. So what you do is you look here and you say, well, I have this is multiplied by this, this is multiplied by this, and they're all in a fraction divided like this. I know that 3 divided by 3 is 1, and I know that 18 divided by 3 is 6. Now, I still have a negative sign. Don't worry. Don't forget about that. But I can divide them because I can divide the top and bottom by a, of a fraction by anything I want as long as I do it to the top and the bottom. So 3 divided by 3 is 1, six, and 18 divided by 3, again, dividing by the same thing, is 6. But then I look here and I say, well, wait a minute, I can divide this by 4, and I can also divide this by 4. So 8 divided by 4 is 2, and 12 divided by 4 is 3. So you see, instead of having these really big numbers, I have just the numbers in red, which are much smaller to deal with. So what I would have here is, this is now 2 times negative 6. The negative hasn't been changed. So 2 times 6 is 12, and positive times negative means it's going to be a negative 12 uh, over here. And on the bottom, it's 1 times 3 is 3, but it's positive times negative, so it's really negative 3. And then you go and you check your division rules. Positive divided by, I'm sorry, negative divided by negative gives you positive. 12 divided by 3 is 4, and that's the answer, positive 4. Now, what we did is we simplified everything to begin with by dividing by common numbers. We divided these two numbers by 3, and we divided these by two numbers by 4, right? And we simplified, we multiplied, and all that. If you were to take 8 times 18, negative 18, get a number, 3 times ne the negative 12 gives you negative 36. Then you would have a large number divided by negative 36. If you were to simplify that fraction by dividing again and again to get to the simplest form, you would just get 4. So you get exactly the same thing no matter how you choose to do it. But it's very often easier to do it this way, where you're canceling terms in the beginning, uh, just to avoid having to figure out what 8 times 18 is, which is kind of big. All right, next guy. Let's open a bracket up, and let's say we have 60 divided by negative 5. Uh, close bracket. Open another bracket. 8 divided by negative 2. Like this. All right, so we, again, we have to do what's inside of the parentheses first, but this is just numbers in here. We can't do anything there. So then we expand a little bit and say, well, here's another bracket, kind of a parenthesis. We, we change the shape of it, call it a bracket. So we have to do what's inside here first, and then inside of there, and then we'll handle the fact that they're multiplied together at the very end because multiplication division would come after parentheses. So what is 60 divided by 5? It's 12, but it's positive divided by negative, so what you're going to get is negative 12 according to our rules. 
8 divided by 2 is 4, but it's positive divided by negative, so it's actually negative 4. And then I have these multiply. What's 12 times 4? It's 48, but negative times a negative is going to give it positive 48. So the answer to this is actually positive 48. All right, let's do one last problem in this section. And what we're going to have for our last problem is what if we have negative 16 uh, multiplied by 3 divided by 2. That's in the numerator of a fraction. And then we have a negative 2 to the fourth power. Okay, there's a lot of ways you can do this. Um, but there's a couple of rules of thumb I want to make sure you remember from your previous studying of algebra. When you have something in the numerator of a fraction and in the denominator of a fraction, you kind of need to treat this numerator as like there's invisible parentheses here that you can't see. Because it's in a numerator, it's kind of locked together with parentheses around it. So we need to try to do what's inside of here first. Uh, and then, of course, we handle the denominator separately. And then at the very end, this fraction bar, which becomes division, is going to be done later because in our order of operations, division and multiplication come almost last, and then there's addition and subtraction. Yeah.
message. Hello? 